previously on the Adventure Zone. Yeah, obviously, I guess y'all heard about it. Hornets got attacked. Someone came in the bar, just made a mess of things. We got two in the morgue. And it says uh, they followed whoever did this up into your neck of the woods. One of these hornets had a big, like, chunk missing out of his neck. It's like this uh, blonde lady. I saw her again, but this time, like, she was way different. Parked in formation in front of Amnesty Lodge is a fleet of 20 motorbikes ridden by hornets with Hollis at the lead. So Keith told me everything about the monsters. Told me that you all work to fight them and, and keep it a big secret. <laughs> um, huh. Good news. You don't need to know what I'm talking about anymore. You all are relieved of duty. We'll take it from here. Should we just pick it up right where we left off? Because it was kind yeah. of a it was kind of a hot kind of a hot scene. If you, I don't uh, know why we always have to talk a bunch of garbage. Yeah, you let, know what I mean. Like that, it's called a podcast, Justin. No, yeah, you're right. Let's get it wet. Uh, I just like let's get it wet. Yeah, for yeah. sure. You know? yeah, Thank let's you. Get wet and wild. You all are standing in front of uh, Amnesty Lodge, where you have just sort of come up out of your secret cellar headquarters. Uh, alongside uh, Mama and Barclay and standing in front of you. Uh, well, actually kind of leaning against a cool motorbike is Hollis, who is the leader of the Hornets, the local uh, stunt crew turned kind of bike squad uh, who are, are sort of in the process of confronting you. Uh, there's there's mm-hmm. uh, there's a little over a dozen of them here parked out in front of Amnesty Lodge. And now, let, like you understand their intention you're kind of able to look them over a little bit better and they are wielding baseball bats and um like makeshift sort of rebar clubs and all all sorts of uh, so a mob. Blunt weaponry kind of um kind of a mob yeah a monster hunting mob uh and uh standing in front of you is hollis along with lieutenant keith and uh they have said that they are going to take over monster hunting from this point forward because you all are not getting it done. That's where we're at. And time unfreeze. Zow- uh, Zowie. I've been thinking about this because we have the benefit of, you know, not being in real time. Oh, time for well, time freeze. Hold on. Okay, time freeze. Yeah, time freeze. Zap now, now time unfreeze. Okay. Unfreeze it. Okay, it's, it's, it's unfreeze. Zap sorry. Aubrey just like kind of laughs, like, oh, monsters. Are you kidding me? Ugh. I told Keith, yeah, listen, he got a bonk on the head when he crashed off his bike. We found him like that. He was in a daze. I think he might have a concussion. You know how that is. You do stunts, right? Concussions have to be a, a major worry for you guys. He kept going on and on about like monsters and stuff. And I don't know. I, <laughs> monsters. Uh, I think Hollis just kind of stares you down and uh, doesn't really say anything, doesn't seem to be moved by your speech. Uh, and then they turn towards Duck and they say, uh, I want to hear it from him. What exactly do you want to hear me say? Well, you're carrying a sword. I'm. Are you carrying a sword? I don't know if that's something that Duck just kind of rolls around with. Uh, I always assumed it, that uh, it looked like a belt when he wasn't wa- wearing it. <laughs> I love that. We've never talked about that before. Your belt I sword. just always assume that he looked like a belt. Okay. Yeah, that works. Okay. And it's a little bit hot topic. <laughs> I think yeah. it's exceedingly like- hot topic. It's a belt with the, I guess the buckle is a mouth. And that's, that's, that's horny kind of. Yeah, it is a little and horny. And it's metal. It was either that or like a, a, a wallet chain sword. Uh, Hollis says, 
Well, according to what Keith told me, uh, all of you were there when the, the I guess, Goatman attacked, which I'm assuming is one of the kind of monsters that uh, seem to besiege our hometown on a daily basis. And so I was just wondering if you were going to outright lie about it, like Aubrey here. Um, I'm not a monster hunter with any special abilities or anything. I have no physical advantage over anybody else that would be trying to hunt monsters. Look at me for a second. Honestly, if I could, you know, do that sort of thing, wouldn't I be something a little more intense than a forest ranger? Yeah, that's actually the first believable thing that any of you have said since I showed up here. Uh, Ned, you seem to know a lot about monsters. It's kind of your business. It seems like uh, maybe business is a lot better than anybody even expected, huh? Well, here's what I'm thinking, friend Hollis, that that perhaps there's a lot of confusion out there. As you know, I have an extremely successful television show called uh, Saturday Night Dead, and, yeah, you reference it every episode. Yes, and and as you know, what we do is we 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 not only show great movies. <laughs> By the way, you may be especially interested this weekend. We have a double feature: Werewolves on Wheels from 1971 with Severin Darden, and 1989's Chopper Chicks in Zombie Town with <laughs> with Billy Bob Thornton. You're not going to win me over by, sh- uh, by no, uh, no 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 by, no. I'm just while, saying- while Hollis is saying that, like they have their phone out and are definitely like adding this to their their decal. Yeah. I, I would love for you all to come and sit in the studio audience, but be that as it may, we also do a lot of uh, crazy honor. video features, a lot of filmed features that we insert in the show. We've been doing a lot of shooting. We have a, a young man looks exactly like Ryan Gosling with higher aspirations. Spitting image. Spitting, Spitting image. image. And sometimes we make him up in goat makeup to, to shoot wild and crazy skits. Yeah, that was for the, we were doing the Krampus thing, right? We were doing like a Krampus thing. The Krampus so we did like thing. like goat legs. And it's possible that, that Keith saw that. We do zany, they're right, we do zany skits. They call us the zoo team and we're always doing wild stuff. Yeah, mm-hmm. well, why don't you let me take this, Duck? And so anyway... <laughs> Two of my guys were torn to shreds last night, yes, and that's, I saw that's the terrible. thing that did it, and it wasn't your handsome friend all, all dressed up like a goat. Um, what did you? Hey, what did you see, Keith? Uh, this is Hollis talking. What did you see, Hollis? Um, I think if you actually want something from Hollis, who's like, I'm, so, I'm sorry, it's so hard with with Hollis's. Um, Deep, multi-textured character voice. It's yeah. hard to tell, tell the two of them apart. Listen, I think anybody who doesn't have a rich Appalachian accent is kind of an outlier in this universe that we're crafting. Fair Fair. I, I, I think Hollis is coming at you all, you all kind of like uh, hot and bothered. And I think, well, not hot and bothered. That sounds weird. But kind of <laughs> kind of angry. Uh, so if you want to get something from Hollis Duck, you're going to have to roll Investigate a Mystery. You know, I am going to do that. Okay. I'm going to do exactly that thing that you just said. You don't have to. They, no, the no, Hall's, no, Hall's no, no. just I, say fuck off and then you don't Hey, have to listen, do it. It, we do not have a lot in the way of leads, and two of the leads that we did have got eaten. So I don't love uh, our, our chances right now, so I'm going to take every opportunity uh, that I can get, and I'm going to roll 2d6. God almighty. Hachimachi. How'd you do, Damn. Justin? Well, I got a four on that one, Trav, which is what we call in the biz. We call that bad. It's less than ideal. Um, uh, I think this. I think this just in. Yeah, mark experience. Well done. Uh, experience. I think this just ends failing. I think this just ends the conversation. I think that uh, uh, Hollis says. <laughs> you think I'm going to help you? I told you the era of you all keeping the whole town in the dark while you sneak around and fail to stop these things from killing people that era is is over uh i i i I, yeah i've got a question actually for you and i'm only gonna ask it once politely where are these things coming from and then it's right then that the front door to amnesty lodge sort of swings open and out walks agent stern uh, who is dressed in full sort of proper FBI agent regalia. Uh, and he's actually got his ja- his hands like on his hips, pulling his jacket back so everybody can see his badge. Uh, and uh, he says, uh, everything going okay out here? Oh, yes. 
Agent Cern, our, our friends here were just uh, leaving. They were just setting out. They, they're on a mission from God. And we say to them, and I mean this most sincerely, Hollis, go for it. Knock yourselves out. Go on your little mission and Godspeed. Uh, with that, I think Keith is now nervous that, uh, uh, you know, a, a badged official is here and sort of tugs at Hollis's sleeve who nods and they put their helmet back on uh, and everybody else in the hey, Hornets sort of follows suit. Real What's quick, uh, Keith, uh, before you go, let's hang out sometime, you and I. We've got some catching up to do. Uh, Keith lifts his visor up uh, and he walks over and he says, everyone saw it. I, I, I know what we talked about, Aubrey. Everyone saw it. I, and you can threaten to kill me all you want, but apparently there's other stuff out there that's actually doing it. So, yeah. <laughs> I, to I, kill. <laughs> he's, he's kidding, Stern. He's kidding. Hollis and Keith, let me, uh, let me talk to you guys real quick before you head off. Okay. Uh, yeah, Hollis comes over and joins. I'll, you. like, walk oh. out with them. Like, yeah, yeah. They're leaving. I'll walk out. So here's the thing. This thing is messed up. I mean, whatever it is, it's brutal. And and you saw that, and we did too. And I don't know if I should be telling you this or not, but we've dealt with some stuff like this already. And I'm here to tell you that we barely made it out alive. And if you go looking for this thing, it is going to kill you. So this is a move called Trust Me. Oh, shit. The mundane can do. And if I tell a normal person the truth in order, in order to, to protect them from danger, I roll plus charm. On a 10 plus, they'll do what I say, no questions asked. Seven to nine, they do it, but the keeper chooses one from a list, which includes they ask me a hard question, they stall and dither a while, they have a better idea. On a miss, on a miss they're going to think I'm... Uh, crazy and maybe dangerous too. Oh, this is such a fucking cool move. And it's also something I didn't know was in the game and could totally rewrite shit. All right, let's see yeah, it. Yeah, we're doing it. Classic McElroy. Yeah, let's see what you got. Another big four. Okay. That's a seven plus two charm, which is a nine. Okay. Which you get one of those, you can stall and dither, have a quote, better idea, or ask me a hard question first. So I think that that's probably open to interpretation, how you want to okay. interpret this. I definitely had some effect, I think, but I could see where... I, could I, Ned know. help out and add a point? I, I I think a mixed success is probably more interesting for Griffin. Okay. In this okay. Like, it I think Griffin it makes more, sense for the scenario, too. Especially after that hard... Like, after I had a hard failure, it seems like a mixed success. Yeah, seems for sure. Right. I like this. Okay, so uh, I'm going to go with ask you a hard question first, and it's going to be in this form. It's going to be... Uh, Hollis uh, lifts up their visor um, and they stare you down, duck, and they say, I don't think you're lying about that either, duck, but if you really want us to not help protect the town like you've been doing for God knows how long, then we need to know the truth and we need to know all of it. When you're ready to do that, just uh, flag down a hornet. We're going to be all over town on patrol. So um, we'll, uh, I'll see you hopefully when I see you. And they lower their visor down and the hornets depart. Basically saying like, if you tell them literally everything that you know about the, the pine guard and know like clever ruses, like actually what is going on here, uh, everything you know, then they will, they will not, uh, they, will, they will disband their monster hunting force as, as it is now. That's the trade-off. Okay, so I probably go, I go back inside and I flag down uh, Aubrey and Ned and I sort of update them on the scenario. So there's, so that's basically it. They'll keep their heads out of it if we tell them everything. Well, I, I have to say, I mean, there's a part of me that doesn't mind the idea of this like neighborhood watch beefing up our numbers kind of deal like eyes on the street but at the same time i don't know their methods and they seem pretty hell-bent for leather as far as violence goes and we got a lot of not bad monster types you know what i mean mm -hmm. i i have an idea that might lend itself to that situation uh, kirby 
Kirby, Wait, come here a moment. Why, was, why is Kirby? A, I guess he's. I guess you did take a move where he is your constant companion. He a fucking closet in the the cellar of the of the. Uh, There's a poof of smoke up, and Kirby up, appears. A closet door in the cellar under Amnesty Lodge swings open. <laughs> I feel like he just walks out. <laughs> All right, I won't do it that way. Back up. Let me try it a different way. I have an idea. Why don't I send Kirby out in the Cryptonomica uh, van? With the camera drones from episode hmm, six (laughs) to keep an eye, to keep an eye on our friends, the bumblebees, and he can report back to us and see what they do. There's so much wrong stuff in that. There's a few wrong things. Let me see. Let me try to go in order. First one is your man Kirby might just have to watch a gang member get eaten alive because I don't think this thing is like like luring friends back to its place and stealing their identity. And then over several months, it's just eating people. Well, you can we, can we agree that identity thieves are the real monsters? Yeah. I mean, like I'm no great fan of identity thieves, but like the, I, you I said you wanted to know about their methods. You said you I don't know. I didn't say anything of the sort. What I said was we need to decide if we want to tell them everything or if we want to let them take their chances. I'm already in enough deep shit with Mama and 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 Squatch Boy about running my mouth. So I vote we don't tell them shit. We keep an eye on them, and if they get in trouble, we go help them. Yeah, there's a part of me that feels like if we 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 can tell them now about you know, tell them everything. We can keep them out of this specific thing, but there it's like the genies out of the proverbial bottle. Fuck. There might be genies. What do I know? There probably are genies. Probably are genies. Now I think about it. Here's my thing is I also know that man, how many times do you watch a movie or TV show or something and just scream? Like, just tell them like, listen here in Kepler, people are in danger all the time and i'm starting to wonder if maybe we're doing a disservice by not telling them what's out there if i think you start telling them stuff then you have to you, where do you stop yeah do you tell yeah. them about sylvain yeah do you tell I them know, about ned the- i agree um I, is is berkeley and mama down in the cellar with you all they were they were definitely they at down this- now and we catch I mean, them all up i mean they Ma- were definitely at the scene while you guys were Sort of having this confrontation with Yeah, them. I think it would be easier because I would like to ask Mama how she has... Yeah, how how have you dealt with stuff like this in the past, Mama? Uh, I think Mama has been pretty uh, just like shocked into silence since hearing uh, that this large squadron of armed bikers knows uh, that there's monsters in uh, Kepler and seeks to do something about it. Um, and she says... Y'all, there ain't never been, there ain't never been a situation like this before, and and for once, Ned, it seems like I can't blame this one on you. It There's gotta be some way to blame it on Ned. Don't give I, up, Mama. She says, "I." She says, "We've been trying to keep the peace discreetly for decades now, and it's been working." And uh, listen, my, I'm about to get forced into retirement, and I'm I'm. I've made peace with that, but I can't feel comfortable about the idea of leaving just like a handful of y'all to, you know, fight against deadly supernatural threats every every two months or so. And if they have the opportunity to add some more, you know, muscle behind your your efforts, I don't see why not. And it, while she's saying that, I think this is when Barclay just like reaches up and takes off his bracelet and sets it down on the table, 12 Angry Men style. Uh, and Barclay says, "In case you all forgot, I'm Bigfoot. So if these things, if these guys oh, go, wait a name drop. If, <laughs> <laughs> I'm friends. I'm friends with Dracula. So we, <laughs> he says I'm uh, kind of a big deal. I'm in Hotel Transylvania. It's not a yeah. Don't worry about it. Uh, he says this is an armed gang of." Passionate monster slayers. What do you think happens if they come up into Amnesty, Amnesty Lodge and figures out sort of our whole situation here? Do you think that well, they're going to be as patient I, as you guys are? But that's that's my point. Is if we can edge, if we have a chance to say this is what's up before that happens. I mean, what what do you think is the better option? We don't tell them, and one of them like 
accidentally catches sight of somebody changing, you know, their watch and turns into, you know, another goat man or whatever, and they get attacked while they're just, you know, getting ready for a swim. Is that really better I mean, than us telling them ahead of time, like, some people are good and some people are bad, just like in on Earth with humans? I feel like I've known some of these rowdy boys their entire lives, and I... We can tell them it's too dangerous, but if we let them know that there are literally monsters in the town, there's nothing that's going to dissuade them from, you know, continuing to search them out and probably getting themselves killed. Honestly, I mean, they say that they'll, I think what we're really talking about here, guy, y'all, is do we, do we save them from this one or do we, you know, save them from all the future ones? Because I feel like if we, we can stave them off of this one, but they're going to be back in full force next time. I, I don't see why we need to keep debating. If they find out about the gate to Sylvain, that's it. That's 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 war. That's the we war. We have a resource here that we're not using. Which is? Jake Kulice. He knows them. He was with them. He can give us insight. I, I think we need to bring him into this discussion. Because, you know, for all we know... Forgiven that scene, which we have to remember, it wasn't too long ago that two of their friends got mangled by a monster while they all watched. I think it's understandable that they're a little on edge. We might be able to get some insight from Jake about this whole scenario. All right, listen, listen, listen. We we burned plenty of daylight debating this. I'll talk to Jake and see you know if I can get him to. Try and make peace, I guess, with the Hornets. Try and impress upon them the uh, reality of our situation without sort of cluing them into everything, Barclay. Uh, but we need to get out there because this uh, whatever's out there killing folks right now ain't gonna wait for us to, you know, have a have a summit with the, the you know the local biker uh, toughs. So uh, I think let's let's get out there right now before nighttime rolls up and see what we can find out. I think at this point, if if I may, Duck and Ned, it kind of feels like we have, uh, let me check my notes, and she mimes opening a notebook. Uh, yeah, we don't know anything, so maybe we should split up and just kind of see what we can find out by asking around? Well, let's not split up, but let's do ask around. I like the part where we ask around, for sure. Yeah, and I miss you guys. Yeah, I miss you when I'm, we're not together. And honestly, can I be straight with you guys? Um... I'm just a dude. Oh, so that's right. Okay. Well, I would rather we stay with for, with the people with superpowers if it's like all okay by y'all. Well, that's uh, just you're just talking about Aubrey. She's the only one. I guess Barclay's. Okay. Too, I you know I didn't want to be shitty shitty Ned about has it. A but gun. Yeah. Ned has Ned's a gun. Got a cool gun and a lot of lying power. Yeah. Oh, and and a car. Which, he used to have a car. <laughs> he did get another car. <laughs> he got a crepe wagon. He did I get a crepe wagon. wagon. Yeah, crepe a- wagon. Crepe wagon. Crap wagon. Crepe wagon. Okay, well, before we go out and look, I need to go use the restroom because I haven't in like 45 episodes. <laughs> and all their kids realize they haven't shit in a year. <laughs> they all go to shit. Hello, it's me, the internet's Travis McRoy. Yes, that's right. Powerful influencer, Travis McRoy. You know, people are always asking me, Travis, how did you become such a powerful influencer in the world? Well, I'll let you in on my secret. It's Squarespace. Yes, that's right. Squarespace, the all-in-one platform for building your brand and growing your business online. You can stand out with a beautiful website, engage with your audience, and sell anything, your products, content you create, or even your time. What what influencer doesn't do that? I ask you. I'll wait. That's right. None of them. They all do that, and you can do it with Squarespace. Okay, here's uh, just as an aside. You can also use Squarespace even if you're uh, not an influencer, um, and even if the idea of being an influencer uh, makes you throw up a little bit in your mouth, don't worry, Squarespace is still useful. With Fluid Engine, a next-generation website design system from Squarespace, it's never been easier for anyone to unlock unbreakable creativity. With Fluid Engine, a next-generation website design system from Squarespace, it's never been easier for anyone to unlock unbreakable creativity. Start with the best-in-class website template and customize every design detail with 
reimagined drag and drop technology for desktop or mobile. With Squarespace scheduling, clients can quickly view your availability and book their own reservations, appointments, or classes, and you can sell products on an online store. Whether you sell physical or digital products, Squarespace has the tools for you. So go to squarespace.com adventure for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, use offer code adventure to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. We have an aura frame here at our house and we primarily use it to show pictures of our kids and the fun stuff that we do. And my favorite thing about it is that it's so easy to upload pictures on that as soon as we get home from doing something fun, we just immediately put the pictures up there so we don't forget to do it. You know, because I, I've tried, we try to do picture frames and stuff in the past, and then we never remember to put them on. But with Aura, it's so easy to load it up that it has become kind of a, a digital scrapbook more than anything else. So if you have been looking to get the pictures that are trapped in your phone and set them free in a way that other people can see them, might I recommend Aura Frames. They're stylish, they're easy to use, you're gonna love it. And it was named the number one digital picture frame by Wirecutter, and for a good reason. It's so easy to set up, and they have different frame options, all kinds. And the best part is it comes with unlimited storage. So right now you can save on the perfect gift that keeps on giving by visiting AuraFrames.com. For a limited time, listeners can get $20 off their best-selling frames with code ADVENTURE. That's A-U-R-A frames.com, promo code ADVENTURE. Terms and conditions apply. Chicago, we're coming to you. We're coming for you. We're coming at you. And we're also coming to C2E2, and we're doing live shows, all a bunch of stuff in April. April 24th, we're going to be doing My Brother, My Brother and Me, which is nearly sold out, and Taz, which is selling out fast. So do not wait. April 25th is Taz. April 24th is My Brother, My Brother and Me. April 26th through the 28th, we're doing C2E2, scheduled to be announced. You can get your C2E2 badges now, but you do not need a badge to attend the live shows. Tickets for those shows are on sale at bit.ly slash Tours. All the information is there. Go check it out. Also, we've got a newsletter in case you've been wondering what's the best way to keep up with our new tour dates and announcements and stuff like that, go to bit.ly slash newsletter. And of course, check out all of the merch over at macroymerch.com. A lot of great stuff. Fungalore sticker pack, um, naming of the year poster. Uh, we've got the little Sailor Man pin and 10% of all proceeds this month go to the Foundation for Black Women's Wellness. So go check it out, macroymerch.com. And now back to the show. I want to thank everybody who's been tweeting about the show using the TheZoneCast hashtag. Uh, we really appreciate you spreading the word. If you do it, you might end up as a character in the show. I know we've been kind of slow to roll those out, uh, but you could end up like uh, Keith, who's named for Keith Wellman on Twitter, or like uh, Agent Stern, named for Joseph Stern on Twitter, and uh, a few others. So yeah, it's I know it's a slim, slim pickings, but uh, I really appreciate you spreading the word about the show. It's how we've uh, gotten to have the the cool audience and community that we have now. And um, yeah, I just appreciate you. And hey, I appreciate you if you'd listen to Maximum Fun and the other shows that we have on the network here. Uh, got a bunch of new ones, like uh, the Jackie and Lori show, and like... Um, uh, Amy Mann and Ted Leo's new show, uh, The Art of Process, uh, and a bunch more, all at uh, MaximumFun.org. Uh, we have a website that's McElroy.Family if you want to uh, check out the other stuff we do. Uh, I think that's going to do it. So, hey, we'll be back in two weeks, and the day that that is going to be is going to be today's date, the number of it, plus 14, which is February 21st. Uh, I definitely didn't have to look at a calendar to figure that out. So we'll talk to you then. Bye. We hear a flush and a hand wash. And okay. then, uh, like footsteps coming back down the stairs. <laughs> sure. Um, okay, I, I'm ready to go. Fantastic. I don't really... So, like, it's kind of up to y'all how you want to do this in, in investigation. I think that this is uh, more sort of how Monster of the Week is uh, designed to be played, which is maybe not the most sort of... Uh, uh, show the sort of friendly process, but I think it'd be interesting to just like let y'all loose in Kepler, which is a lot easier now because we have this map in, in Roll20 and we have sort of, uh, you know, an ongoing list of, of uh, you know, leads and stuff like that. So uh, I, it's up to y'all. We can just 
you know, do scenes as you want to do them. And uh, you tell me what you want to look into, uh, because as you have said, you don't know Jack about this thing. Well, it seems to me like even though we don't know anything over the last couple episodes, we have made some contacts. Yes. I mean, like there's Indrid. Um, I Indrid's mean, gone. I, I will say from Aubrey's point of view, the things that she learned from uh, from like investigating the scene makes her want to talk to Danny. But I don't know that that's something she'd want to do in front of everyone. We can do that. You just go talk to Danny alone. We we I know I know we wanted to do scenes together, but like I, I if that's how you want to talk to Danny, that's how you want to talk to Danny. On the yeah. subject of Indrid, we might want to clear this up. Uh, the last time you guys saw Indrid, uh, Duck punched Indrid in the face, and I knocked their knocked his glasses off, and then Indrid flew away as the Mothman. And you actually haven't seen Indrid since. Uh, that was a couple months ago during the the last hunt. So uh, Indrid is not super available as a resource right now. I think we need to investigate why this happened. I, want, I think we need to investigate. I mean, we're not getting anywhere necessarily with with the creature, but I think we need to figure out why. Why that particular place? Why the hornet's nest? What 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 led to that? I think that's the angle we need to pursue because there's obviously, the, we said it ourselves, that this was a targeted attack that happened at the hornet's nest. I assume there's still some injured Hornets in like the hospital and stuff. Um, I don't know about that. There's definitely some in the morgue still. Like, well, let's get it clarified. Are, are there were there survivors? Uh, there were. I think that they have mostly been discharged at this point. It'd be nice and creepy. We haven't it been to a be. morgue. Yeah, we haven't been to a morgue since yeah. uh, two let's, arcs ago. Let's go to the morgue. I'd love to see how we're going to get into the morgue. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go to the morgue zone. Uh, so wait, do we want to do uh, Aubrey? You go talk to Danny and Ned and Duck to the morgue. I, 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 if I may have a vote, I say let him go talk to Danny. We'll we'll take care of something else, and then I think we all ought to go to the morgue. Is that all right with you, Juice? Yep. Uh, okay, let's let's do this conversation with Danny. Uh, when you're trying to find like a uh, a time to talk to her where she is not sort of. Uh, around anybody else and uh, you get a great opportunity to do so because uh, I think just like later that day that the Hornets showed up uh, you find Danny uh, and she is just kind of walking around in the um, the clearing in the woods where the archway is and uh, she's just she's actually like got a hand up on it and she is just kind of like standing there with her Eyes closed, and in fact, I don't think she notices when you sort of walk up. And of course, Aubrey's out taking uh, Dr. Bonkers out for a walk. Okay. Um, That's the first time I've ever heard you leave off one of his names. Oh, sorry. Dr. Harris Bonkers. Thank thank you, Griffin. PhD? It's been so long. Yeah, Dr. Harris Bonkers, PhD. Okay. You know how you take rabbits for walks? Yeah, sure, sure, sure. Or for hops? And and she... uh, Oh, uh, hey, Danny, ahem, ahem. Danny is not startled, I think, by your approach, uh, and she turns around and uh, looks at you, and she looks, um, she does not look sort of the usual sort of chill, you're not getting those usual chill vibes that you get from Danny uh, uh-huh. when she's just kind of kicking it around Amnesty Lodge. She is definitely uh, upset about something, and she says, Hey, Aubrey, sorry, I, I, uh, sorry, what's up? Well, I need to talk to you, but first, is everything okay? Not really, I mean, the, the, I was, I'm, I guess I'm homesick a little bit, I, uh, I've still got, I've still got family over in Sylvain that, you know, I'm not yeah. allowed to go over and, and see, and it's, you know, I'm grateful for Mama putting us up and giving us a safe place to, to stay, but it's, it's, you know, it's hard. I'm, I'm, I miss him a lot. I totally understand, and I, we, we can talk, let's make plans to hang out later and unpack that, and I want to be here for you, but I need to talk to you, and it's incredibly urgent. Um, uh, uh, she is, she's actually distracted as you're saying this, like she's, she actually kind of turns away from you and is looking back at the gate. And I, I don't even think she responds to, to what you're saying. She's, she's very, very sort of engrossed. Danny, you, 
you might be in some serious shit very shortly. Um, there was an attack at, at the hornet's nest where that biker gang hangs out. And the attacker, the description is very much like you. Um, and I know it's not you because you wouldn't do it. And, and I'm not saying it was you. I'm saying I need you to tell me where you were and if you are there any other, you know, Sylvanians around like you, blonde women? Um, uh, this is definitely uh, investigate. Okay. All right. Let's keep the streak alive. Those big boy rolls. Who? What's your sh what's your sharp though? It's a set. You Travis has rolled a six. What's the a plus sharp? Plus one. That does okay. make it a mixed success. All right. On a mixed success for investigate, uh, you. Uh, hold one. So you get to ask one question. You're asking where she was. You're trying to get an alibi, right? So it's not. Yeah. I, I guess this could be investigative mystery if you are trying to weed out that she is not the monster, right? So I guess we. I guess the rules still apply here. Um, I'm. I'm willing to let just you know where were you last night be the be the question here. Okay. I think that makes sense. Cool. Then let's go with that. She says, "I don't remember, Aubrey." I cannot remember where I was last night because I wasn't sort of aware of it. I, I, and now that her breath is like quickening, you can tell she's getting kind of scared. She says, I was taking a walk down toward Mount Kepler. Next thing I know, it's, it's morning and I wake up here in front of the arch and I, I was, uh, I was holding this. And um, she's got this little satchel with her and she opens it up and reaches inside and she pulls out this um, this sort of dark blue book that is the cover of which is sort of heavily damaged. And the uh, it's, it's this uh, hard leather bound cover that is etched with these arcane symbols that like I think you know enough about magic and stuff from your, your lessons to know that they are magic symbols, but you definitely... Uh, you, you can't really tell what it says. She says, so um, that was my morning. How was yours? Well, we got threatened by a biker gang, um, and I got outed as using magic and fighting monsters, so also not great, uh, now that you mention it. Um, cool. So I, on my end, am going to... Uh, figure out what happened and make sure you don't get in trouble and do everything in my power, which is a lot because I can do magic and throw fire and stuff to make everything okay. Um, I need you to just kind of lay low and uh, for fuck's sake, if you see a biker, run. Danny uh, smiles when you say that. I think she appreciates the concern. And she says, um, I'm not scared of them, Aubrey. I'm not, I'm not afraid of what they'll do to me. I'm scared of what they might find out. I'm scared of, of war between our worlds. And <laughs> frankly, I'm scared of this. And she points at the book. She says, I, I, I'm going to hide out, of course. I'm going to lay low. But I, I need you to get out there and, and find out what this is. Uh, Griffin, real quick, I would yeah. like to read a bad situation. Oh, okay. In regards uh, to the book. All right. Um, let me. Okay, cool. A 10. All right. Um, so, one, I want to ask... Are there any dangers we haven't noticed? Um, and I want to couple that with my third eye. I have, I have the third eye that lets me, uh, you know, kind of examine magical shit. Yeah. Or look for magic. Okay. So I want to kind of do those simultaneously with the book. Okay. That, yeah. It, I mean, it, it, it pops off. Because uh, I'm of expecting like, some, like, Tom Riddle shit. Oh, no. Nothing quite oh, okay. that sort of uh, in, inherently, obviously... Uh, evil. Uh, you open up the book and just kind of like thumb through it quickly and, uh, you know, clap on your third eye, uh, which also reads, uh, and it makes like a gross noise as it moves back and forth to read. Is it a physical eye? Have we? No. 
Okay. No, it's not well, a physical eye. Anything's possible. I mean, um, that's true. Duck is wearing a sword belt. Yeah. So. Uh, it is, I think, the in, in terms of it being a danger, um, I think the thing that you... I think the thing that you pick up on is there are incredible, uh, incredibly powerful magic spells in this book. There, it is a it is a guidebook for how to cast extremely advanced, extremely uh, potent magic, uh, and I think that that's how you could interpret it as a danger. I think with your third eye, like you're able to tell that there's like one passage uh, here that um, is is sort of the most complicated and most powerful spell of them all. Uh, and you can, again, like you can't make out what the symbols say just because like you're not that advanced in it yet. Uh, but there is sort of an image uh, and the image you can clearly tell uh, is sort of a, a, a crude drawing of a mountain. And there appears to be, uh, there's something coming out of the mountain. There's like a smoke or fog or something coming out of the mountain. Not not necessarily like a volcano, but just like it's emitting this, uh, this this smoke in all directions. That is what you pick up on. Uh, and I want to use one more of the hold three, and that's just while I still have that old third eye open. Sure. Uh, the what's the best way to protect the victims? I want to just kind of like look over Danny and see if there's any like weird aura or weird energy or any kind of thing like that. Am I seeing around her? And I'm worried that she was like possessed or something. Oh, I see. I see. I see. Um. There is you can you're picking up on traces of some sort of energy thing like that's about as like specific yeah. as you can you can pick up on. So there uh, definitely was something there, but it doesn't appear to still be present. Uh, I don't know if you can tell the latter thing, but there okay. definitely was something there. Okay. Um, and uh, let's let's call the scene there and get to the yeah. the morgue. Uh, okay. Uh, and just real quick, I did tell Doc and Ned about the book, but I said I found it by the uh, gate whilst okay. taking Dr. Harris Bonker's PhD on a walk. Love it, love it, loving it. Uh, okay, so the the morgue, huh? The morgue is uh, sort of in a uh, building adjacent to the uh, sheriff's department. Uh, not so, like, close to the front door that, like, you're going to walk in front of Sheriff Owens directly as you try to get into the morgue, which uh, I think you were right in your assumption that it may be kind of tricky to get in there. Uh, this is obviously not a super big town, so uh, the the morgue is a fairly small and humble building. Uh, there is a sort of entry uh, chamber as you, as you walk inside uh, with a big heavy door towards the back uh, that is where sort of the morgue business is taken care of. Um, and then there's a small, just like Ikea desk uh, in, in front of it uh, with some uh, with some notes and stuff on it. Uh, and as you walk in, there is a man sitting at that desk and he is wearing a, uh, a white lab coat and he is just sort of uh, reading some stuff on his desk. He has he actually has a brochure out for the Green Bank Telescope uh, and he is reading it sort of uh, with with I mean he just doesn't even notice that you guys come in as he is as he is reading uh, this brochure and you all are in the morgue. We walk past him. <laughs> Uh, That's door, what I thought you were implying. You're in. No, the door is big, and the the door into the morgue is is big, and uh, it has actually. You see a keycard lock next to it. Mm. Well, I got us this far. What did you do? Well, what I had the idea. Did you drive I said, us? I said, go to, I did drive us. By the way, we stopped the Kryptonomka so I could get the uh, Kryptonomka van. There he goes, and pi- and pick up something else. Well. Uh, okay, that's ominous. I'm very scared of what that could be. The I, At this point, now that you all have walked into the morgue and remained silent for eight straight minutes, the uh, morgue technician looks up at you and he says, uh, can I uh, help y'all with something? Well, we would like to see the bodies of my brother. My dad. My son. His brother. Her. hit. His son, her brother, my dad. Not related. There's two of them. But you had to figure out which two. We need to see a body for a dare. I'm sorry about all the lies from before, but we need to see a body for a dare. I was there to look at the body of my brother. And my son. 
I was there to look at the body of his son, who is also my brother. Everybody he can't is my be, father. Everybody's bit can't be that they're bad at lying. I put my, like, I stake my claim in that, you <laughs> I, fucking stooges. I thought mine was a good lie of, like, I'm here to identify my brother. I'm here with an officer of some kind. And this is my elderly caretaker who watches over me because our parents are deceased. It was going to be a good lie. And then Ned had to throw out you, my father, or my son or whatever. Ugh. Griffin, what is, I assume he has a name tag on, right? An official name tag? Uh, he does. It says, what, what is careful, it? don't force Griffin to create a character. If he's not ready to do it, he'll get very snippy. Just a name. Just a name. Greg, Gregor. See. Gregor? Gregor. Greg Orr, very distinctive name. No, Gregor, Gregor, Gregor. Okay, I I, I remember on the internet, uh, there's a, there is a, one of the handles is <laughs> Gregor Mortis. You, aren't you a fan of Saturday Night Dead? God uh, damn, Tad, Gregor Mortis is a great it's user such handle. A, yeah, it's fucking good. Pull that, what? What is the move, Griffin, where you not just try to investigate someone or manipulate them, but try to impose a reality? <laughs> <laughs> no, this is fucking great. Let's do it. Shape this shit, man. I, I, I love it. You're on some, um, yeah, uh, okay. you're, it's some Infinity War shit. You just snapped and Gregor existed. So this is uh, net, net Friends is your role here. Oh, 11. Wow. That's an 11, 11 plus, plus charm. Plus charm, which is plus one. So that's a 12. Okay, Gregor Gregor Mortis uh, looks up at you, and uh, I think it actually takes them a second uh, to actually kind of figure out what you're talking about. Uh, and then Gregor says, "Oh, oh man, oh my God, I'm sorry. I didn't, um, I didn't realize that it was that it was you, Ned. Um, so wait, you need to get in there and." And see, bodies. well, we're doing a little research for an upcoming episode, uh, the um, the um, Night of the Living Dead, and we wanted to look at a not living <laughs> dead person. Um, so, if you could spare us just a few moments in there while we do a little research for uh, Saturday Night Dead, um, I'm Greg supposed Orr? to build some like you know mannequin you know bodies. For, for the set, and so I just need reference just to see. I've never seen a dead body before, you know? And none of us have the internet. Um, well, I don't want that on my search history. Are you kidding me? Thank oh, you. Oh, what if uh, my parents saw? Um, yeah, I can, um, I can let you in. I really don't want Sheriff Owens to find out about this. No, 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 no. <laughs> we don't Believe either. me. He's not a friend of the show. <laughs> no, I, I listen. There's not a back door out of there for y'all to s sneak through. It's really just this one. Um, so be quick, uh, I guess. And yeah, this oh, it's this is a weird request, Ned. But um, uh, any anything for the webmaster the here, in here. Wait, wait. I have one of these enameled pins. Oh, Where are you my, pulling it from? My face. <laughs> uh, <laughs> And, uh, oh, no, no, it's of your face. You weren't you didn't pulling just it from rip your face. A pin out True, of yes. Face. An, an enamel pin of my face. I okay. misunderstood. But, yeah. and this, this, my friend Gregor, is for you. Now, who would be so vain as to make an enamel pin of their own face? <laughs> yeah, unbelievable. Uh, Gregor, uh, lights up and, uh, pushes it, pushes it through his badge. Uh, which takes some effort, but with his super strength, he does it. And then uh, he walks over and swipes his badge across the uh, across the keypad, and he says, "Seriously, like, um, like maybe five minutes, and and then let's let's get you out of here." You got it. Okay. You all walk into the morgue room, and uh, in an effort to kind of keep you concealed, uh, he shuts the door behind you. Uh, so there are uh, two bodies covered in sheets on uh, sort of two metal racks, um, one of which uh, has been clearly sort of worked on recently. Um, there are a few, um, what are those things that like you can slide bodies in and out of in morgues, in TV shows and movies? Slabs. The slabs, yeah, that's probably the best name for it. There's, there's definitely a... Uh, a few of those in the room also uh, and like just like Gregor explained this there is uh, there, there's no other sort of entry or exit from the room uh, and that's where you are 
Aubrey Spooks duck. Did it work? Did I get him? This is this is all profoundly disturbing. Let's just try to keep some sense of decorum in here, eh? Okay, I'm gonna pull back uh one of the sheets. Okay. At random. Uh, you pull back uh one of the sheets and underneath it is a dead is a dead guy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um and I think just like uh you were told by Detective Megan back uh at, at the uh back at the, the Hornet's Nest, um it's a sort of it's a grisly thing that's happened to them. Um, there are bite marks, but not really bite marks, right? Like it's it doesn't appear to be like in you know a vampire movie where there's two sort of cute little discreet fang marks. Like it's a bite mark, like a uh, more akin to like a small shark got got in there. Um, and uh, yeah, I think that's all. That's what is obviously apparent about this thing. Uh, this this thing, this former, is, this former human Kepler Keplerian, uh, at, without rolling. So should we oh. say a few words? Is that- I mean, I don't think people who sneak into morgues have been called on to. I don't think. So. It <laughs> feels like I don't want to hear a few. Start- hear a few. Hear a few words. Gross. Yeah. Look, Gnarly. Look, but yeah, but it's still a person. Look at I mean, look at that stitch work on the. Oh nah, God! The sti- why do they open yeah. them up like, like that? Look at this. This this poor bastard's been taken back to Chicago. So. Yeah. <laughs> oh no, he's he's bought an apartment there. Yeah. Like long lease. Hey Ned, are you grossed out by like the wounds or by the shoddy work of the Undertaker or whatever the fuck? Whatever you're trying to establish. Well, no, but that, look how. Oh, no, I'm sorry. As an artist, I uh, I find this very. Okay, you sound like a serial killer. Uh, Griffin, I would like to look at the wounds, I guess. Uh, okay, I mean, this, just investigate a mystery, I think, yeah. uh, if, you are, if you're wanting to. Is that plus sharp? Yes. So that's a seven. Uh, it was a six plus one. Okay, uh, so you get to ask one question from the list. Looking. What at... happened here? Uh, I'm trying to think of how to give you sort of more details than what you got just from eyewitnesses. Uh, looking at this thing, how about this? There, there's definitely like on this, uh, on this rack, uh, there is a clipboard hanging from it, uh, yeah. with a, with a coroner's report. Uh, and I think between just sort of looking at the victim and looking at the coroner's report, um, you can tell that, uh, they, they did die from blood loss. Uh, but there's nothing mentioned in the report about like there's no blood. There's nothing in the report about they weren't one might be afraid of with a vampire. They weren't made into a Capri Sun. They were just kind of um, they were just kind of they were just maimed in in sort of a a, the gnarliest way possible. It seems like doesn't it? Let me ask you fellas a question. Doesn't this seem almost calculated to be scary? Like. You'd think if it was a monster trying to feed, right, that they had time to attack multiple, like, more than just two and then walk away. Like, this is a lot of attack. Like, one of these wounds would probably have killed this guy. Yeah. It seems like overkill. It doesn't just seem like a rampage because they stopped and left. There's got to be a reason why this attack happened. You know, in the past, when we've seen, like, these attacks, it seemed almost like, you know, if you let a bear loose somewhere, you know what I mean? But this was the this isn't, like, the kind of attacks we saw with, like, the water thing or the, like, abomination thing. All right, hear, uh, hear me out. I, I have a wild and crazy idea. You know the item I stopped at Cryptonomica and picked up? Yeah, this is going to be so good. Okay, you, Duck, are basically wearing a, a magic belt. A magic weapon belt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Aubrey yeah. is is seething with magic. Correct, Ew, Aubrey. Gross, seething. Yes. And in in under my jacket, I've got a gun with a a fucking magic crystal in it. Sure. Right. Okay. With magic artifacts. Magic is real. So we got magic all over the place. Oh, magic for days. I picked up an item at the Cryptonomicon mm-hmm. that I stole from Teresa Caputo's house. That I think Teresa Caputo, she's the Long Island medium. Okay. With all of this magic and all of this power, and I pull out an Ouija board. Uh, Okay. Why don't we ask the dead guys? Hmm. I just. I 
tell you, I tell you what would be fun. I'll tell you what would be fun is if I make <laughs> if I make Ned do a use magic roll. If I make Ned do a use magic roll to do this thing that he has suggested. And that's not to say that if you roll a fucking 14 like you do sometimes, Clint McElroy, that I will then make one of the bodies sit up and then start tap dancing. But if you if you want anything to come out of this, I feel like you're going to have to roll to use magic. Okay. I'm willing to try it. I'm willing to try it too. Because we're having I'm, fun. I'm here. definitely willing to watch him try it. Yeah, I'm willing to stand 10 feet away. And... Now, remember how a Ouija board works. No, 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 no. Everybody has to put their fingers oh, on God. the, the right. plinth right. and it spells stuff out. Nobody's going to sit up. There's Nobody's no, going <laughs> to. And there's not a table to. There's not like an, a, a service. We, put it, we just Tommy. set it on top of the guy. You're set just, it on top yeah, of the guy. You just put it on the other guy who's still covered up. Yeah. Okay. So, okay. wait. I just want to clarify the sequence of events. We came to the morgue <laughs> to look for clues. On a field trip. On a field on trip a to look for clues. We pulled back the sheet of one person, looked at it, and it was like, well, confirmed, folks. The facts are here. This body's done been fucked up. And then my dad pretends, my pretend dad in the game pulls out a Ouija board and is like, I'll contact him. And I'm like, but there's a whole other body. You don't want to look real quick. Hey, I said I brought a Ouija board. <laughs> what part of I brought a Ouija what board? Part of, I brought a Ouija board. But it doesn't, do we have to be in close proximity to, I've got a magic gun. I know. <laughs> I've got a, I've got a magnifying glass and I've got a microscope and I've got a Ouija board. All right. Let's, let's get this I think magic we roll. should put this to a vote. For all it's the no. listeners, they <laughs> get to say it's our first ever calling poll. <laughs> it should be one of those like two different eight hundred numbers, except make them nine hundred numbers, so we profit something. <laughs> all right, so Dad, roll <laughs> a six. Now, what's plus, it? Now, Dad, roll a six plus weird plus weird, which yeah. is a zero. So that's a failure. On use magic, uh, which means like, six. Six is a failure. Yeah, yeah. Man, we, we've, we've been, been playing, playing this for, game for a long time. Yeah. Um, here is what happens. You all are doing this this uh, pseudo seance uh, on top of this uh, the other body that is. Uh, as, oh, as spirits in okay. attendance! Those of you who have crossed over to the other side, speak. Speak to your humble servants, please. I beg of thee. As you are doing that, uh, I think you are sort of getting a little bit too into it, and you uh, push down too hard on the on the on the board, trying to get some sort of response, and it just sort of falls and clatters to the ground. Uh, and as it does so, uh, you now can see under where the board was, uh, there is some blood sort of soaking into the sheet. Wait, pull the sheet back? As you pull the sheet back, you can now see uh, the the individual underneath it. It is a, uh, a man who is uh, sort of similarly uh, torn up uh, in, in the way that the other body was. Uh, however, this is a, a fresh one. Uh, and, and you can tell just you know, by visually comparing the two. Um, and I think you're like so sort of uh, struck by the, uh, again, like grievousness of these wounds that you, uh, it actually takes you a little bit longer to look at the face of this person. Uh, and when you do, you see the face of Gregor, the technician you were talking to outside. And as you notice that, the door into the morgue starts to swing open. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported. Hi, I'm Biz. And I'm Teresa. And we host One Bad Mother, a comedy podcast about parenting. 
Whether you are a parent or just know kids exist in the world, join us each week as we honestly share what it's like to be a parent. I'm just going to end with this. Everybody, you're doing a remarkable job of swimming through the shit show that is parenting. So join us each week as we judge less, laugh more, and remind you that you are doing a great job. Find us on MaximumFun.org, on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Not all heroes wear capes. Some heroes watch war movies and then review them. Friendly Fire is a war movie podcast for people who don't necessarily like war movies, although it does not exclude people who love war movies. I'll have you know that I am wearing a cape. My cape is just made of sound-deadening material from an audio recording studio. (laughs) It's a really great show. John's daughter doesn't like it because we sometimes say swear words on it, but almost everybody else that has ever listened to it has enjoyed the the program. Download and subscribe to Friendly Fire wherever you get your podcasts. To the victor, go the spoiler alerts.